Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbert. And I'm Devin Saylor. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, did you miss us last week? Uh, it's been a busy time of year here at the district. We're back and we're gearing up for a new month-long series called Mythbusters. I think this one is going to be a fun one. Yeah, I think so. Um, so we're actually going to tackle myths or facts related to nature. So go figure, right? In the <laughs> conservation corner. Um, this week we're looking at choke cherry. I think my history with choke cherry is it grew up around my parents' house. Um, I first noticed it on, uh, you know, I was just climbing on the uh, stone walls around the house and, um, Saw a plant, had some berries on it, and my mom and dad don't remember who, but said, oh yeah, that's chokecherry. <laughs> and just the name alone kind of scared me, and yeah. I always avoided it, never ate the, the actual berries. It's definitely a scary name to come yeah, across. <laughs> right. Um, kind of like a poison berry or something. You <laughs> yeah. Know, you know, you just don't <laughs> want to try it, as the name alludes to. So that's what we're going to tackle this week. Um, is it really that dangerous? We're going to find out. And we're also going to talk uh, about the tree or the shrub itself. Um, description, life history, some fun facts, that type of thing. So let's get started. Um, so the Latin name is Prunus virginiana. Uh, and you might know it by the common names, choke cherry, common choke cherry, two words, choke cherry, uh, Virginia burberry or Virginia birdberry. Or you had found, I think... Bitterberry, yeah, too. Yeah, um, I hadn't heard that one, or several of them that I mentioned. But uh, it's a large deciduous shrub, so that means it uh, loses its leaves during the winter. And it can also be a small understory tree. And they mentioned that it grows 20 to 30 feet tall. Yeah, I saw I, that too. I never saw them that big. No, um, they're usually more like seedlings whenever I see them. Yeah, I see them big. like... Um, Kind of about the same size as elderberry gets to, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere around there. Um, but they also mentioned they can form thickets. Mm -hmm. um, so you're going to notice them by their dense clusters of white flowers. And that's followed by the red fruit, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, it ripens to a dark purple. And that's from August to September. So what did you find? Um, so it is primarily native to like the Newfoundland, up to uh, Saskatchewan, even down to North Carolina, Tennessee, out to Missouri and Kansas, so obviously in our area here. Um, and like you said, it grows in thickets, usually along like roadsides and ravines, and more like on the edge of woodlands, I found. It's not typically, it can be the understory as well, but it does like the sun, so yeah. it likes to be out. I saw... There's a listing of where it grows, mm -hmm. at least in one uh, article. And it's like pretty much everywhere. Yeah. You know, like hillsides and roadsides, bluffs. Like, <laughs> and like, why don't you just say everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get descriptive. Yeah. Um, but it can have very resilient um, to different growing conditions, I found. The only thing I did see that it has a hard time surviving through is that the branches do break off pretty easy during ice storms that said they're kind of weak so yeah i saw that too um i did see where uh it's a very important food for wildlife mm -hmm. obviously because yeah. of the berries uh and again that's from july to august 
I also saw it's good for erosion control, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense if it's a spreading plant, um, kind of, you know, catches the rain, disperses it slowly. I also saw where the Native Americans, the settlers, they used the chokecherry bark mm-hmm. in the roots to make sedatives. Um, so they're having some problems sleeping, I guess, yeah. and that took care of it. Um, they also made blood fortifying tonics appetite stimulants, medicinal teas for treating coughs, mm-hmm. um, even used it for tuberculosis, malaria, stomach aches, yes. and your cases of worms if you had them. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so quite a few different things. It was like a cure-all almost. Yeah. Um, I found too, it's honest, it's actually still used a lot for different things it can be, like treating canker sores or cold sores like that. Um sore throat, sometimes even diarrhea can help with. And it's also known to be good for fighting allergies. So it is a kind of a cure-all, it seems yeah, like. So yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, on an ecological standpoint, though, it can be used. A lot of people plant them in, like, rows for windbreaks or in riparian areas to help, like you said, with the erosion and everything. So, um, so I did find a little bit behind why it's called chokecherry. Okay. Is it because anybody who eats it chokes on it? No. Um, so it got its name because it has a very acidic taste when you eat it. Um, some people said it tastes bitter. And um, I found a thing where it says it kind of keeps anything after you eat that from sliding down. So that's why it kind of feels like it's choking you a little bit because of how acidic it can be. Okay. Kind of like a... A dry sensation in your yeah. mouth, maybe. Yeah, I get that. Um, yep. I think there's other berries that are kind of like that, too. Yeah. Surprisingly, though, it's still good for making jelly. Okay. So. Yeah, and probably plenty of people have made, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, jellies out of it. So, um, But, as it turns out, there are some warnings associated with the mm-hmm. plant, too. Yep. Um, so, I think the one thing I found was new growth or wilted leaves, plant parts, that are injured by frost or drought uh, end up being poisonous to cattle and humans. Um, I mean, I'm not tempted to (laughs) eat wilted plant parts, but, um, you know, to avoid your livestock from going out eating those particular parts. Um, So the toxin in this case is hydrocyanic acid, and it's formed in the animal stomach. Uh, so it quickly affects the animals and it causes difficulty breathing. Um, they mentioned slow pulse, dilated pupils, staggering, and loss of consciousness before death. And they, they also mentioned that chokecherry toxicity is highest during the spring and summer, uh, but the leaves are non-toxic by the time the fruit matures. So That's it's only good. certain times. Um, now we could talk about humans and um, found a couple stories about how you know, kids used to eat the berries and like wouldn't really see too much. And people asked why. Uh, it turns out because they're spitting out the pit. Um, it's the pit that's mm-hmm. actually toxic, mm-hmm. uh, and that goes for all cherries. Yeah. Um, and so the pr- whole prunus family has poisonous pits. Uh, they contain amygdalin, and our bodies convert that to cyanide. Um, so I think a lot of different fruits Mm -hmm. that's the case i think um apple seeds as well yep um so that's it that's the story um so if you're going to consume them you're gonna be a little dry like that dry taste to it 
Um, and you want to spit out the pit. Yeah. Because that's going to be the part that kills you. <laughs> so um, we don't want to end on a sad note or a bad note. So you got a joke for us. Absolutely. I've always got jokes. Uh, what did one cherry say to the other cherry? Uh, yeah, what did the one <laughs> cherry say to the other cherry? If you weren't so sweet, we wouldn't be in this jam. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we do have an event for you Wednesday, November 9th at 6.30 to 9 p.m. There's a full moon hike right at Salt Spring State Park. And they mentioned that they want you to come explore the park in the dark. Um, So there'll be a full moon and it sheds new light on hiking experience. Um, They're going to end the evening around a campfire and there'll be snacks and stories. Uh, So bring a snack to share, a flashlight, and an adventurous spirit. Uh, they mentioned that the program fee is $5 per person, $15 for families, and if you're a member, it's free. So, sounds like a good event to check out. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right. If you have any questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.susconddistrict.org. And you can find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions, or you can make comments about the show. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Devin Saylor. And I'm Don Hibbard saying, enjoy the outdoors. <laughs>